Hello and welcome to Big Ideas Into Action. This is a special edition of WI's podcast. I'm Nicholas Walton. And in this episode, there's a big announcement aimed squarely at one of the planet's most astonishing resources. The current state of the ocean is grim. It's depleted, it's disrupted, it's polluted, and it simply cannot continue to provide what people need. The solution? The 14 ocean panel countries, accounting to 40% of the world's national coastlines, pledging to sustainably manage 100% of their national waters. They are viewing the ocean with sustainability, people, and economic prosperity going hand in hand. The ocean, 70% of the surface of the planet, and the provider of so much to humanity. Food, transport, energy, and a sense of both wonder and delight. We've looked at the work of the Ocean Panel before on this podcast and how its 14 serving national political leaders have sought to find a way for us all to prosper from the ocean while also protecting it and developing a more sustainable relationship with it. Now we have the culmination of all the work and the research papers, the dedication and the political will. In this podcast, we simply have a short interview with Jane Lubchenco, co-chair of the Ocean Panel's expert group. Here's Jane. The big main commitment that these 14 Ocean Panel members are making is to sustainably manage 100% of their national waters by 2025. That's easy to say, but it's actually a really big deal because it means doing the hard work of balancing protection and production and achieving equitable benefits from their national waters. That commitment would actually achieve many of the goals that the Ocean Panel is focused on. They want to tap the potential of the ocean to provide solutions to climate change, to addressing food security, stemming the loss of biodiversity, many big challenges that are global, they pledge to tackle at the national level and do the kind of balancing that's needed to achieve outcomes that benefit people, that benefit nature, and that benefit their economies. And that triple bottom line is extremely important to the future. And these countries recognize both how hard it is, but also how important it is. Why are they doing this? It's not a question of simply just protecting it, but to understand just the value of the resource that the ocean offers us, but also then being able to protect it in such a way that we have a sustainable relationship with it so that we're benefiting from it. It's not just about protection. You're absolutely right. You know, I think there's a false dichotomy that has uh, hampered our thinking about the ocean, and that is that we have to choose between the environment and a robust economy. And ocean panel members understand that, in fact, they go hand in hand. For example, one of the other commitments that the panel members are making is to increase the amount of seafood that comes from the ocean, but do so in a way that is sustainable. And in fact, in managing fisheries sustainably by ending overfishing, recovering depleted fisheries, and also by having sustainable aquaculture, we can actually produce more seafood than is currently being produced. And so the countries have understood that we can get even more from the ocean if we do a better job of managing activities that affect the things that we want, in this case, seafood. Another example is the 
commitment on the part of the ocean panel leaders to effectively protect 30% of the global ocean by 2030. And that protection, in turn, can help not only stem the loss of biodiversity, but also enhance fisheries production. And thirdly, provide protection of carbon stores that are already on the seabed. And so in the simple act of protecting 30% of the global ocean, it is possible to achieve benefits that are carbon benefits, food provisioning benefits, as well as wildlife protection benefits. These things go hand in hand. It's not an either or choice. Let me also mention one of the very exciting things that is coming out of the ocean panel, and that is a focus on understanding the potential that the ocean has to address climate change. In increasing clean energy from the ocean and in protecting the ecosystems that absorb and then sequester carbon and other related activities, the calculations that the scientists have done suggest that we might be able to deliver as much as 20% of the carbon emission reductions that are needed to achieve the 1.5 degree target of the Paris Agreement by 2050. So the ocean panel members are also committing to increasing clean energy from the ocean by ramping up ocean renewables. And one of the elements of that is to tap into these blue carbon ecosystems, as they're called, the mangroves, salt marshes, seagrass beds that are so vitally important at the coastal margins in sequestering carbon. Those ecosystems are being lost at a substantial rate. And by stemming that loss and restoring those ecosystems, it is possible then to achieve significant climate benefit. But in so doing, there's also fishery benefit because those habitats serve a very important function of being nursery areas to economically important commercial and recreational fisheries, and they provide habitat for wildlife. And so in short, the ocean panel is really tapping into the co-benefits that come from effective protection and sustainable production. And balancing those two unleashes untold opportunities to solve a number of global problems that are also important at the national level. The 14 ocean panel members vary enormously the size of their economies, the geographies, what the relationship between their economy and the ocean is. You've got Norway, Canada, Chile, Japan, Palau, Fiji, Ghana, all sorts of different countries there. What is the way in which the, the kind of scientific knowledge and the research that you've been talking about translates into actual policy for these 14 countries? The beauty of this particular group of 14 countries is that they are so very diverse but they have gone on a joint voyage of discovery, listening to the science, listening to one another, exploring opportunities, and realizing that in fact, despite their differences in culture, in economy, in history, they have a huge amount in common. And guided by scientific information, they can work together to achieve things that they couldn't do alone. So each country, yes, is pledging to pursue activities that are relevant to their country, but they are also acknowledging that there are synergies in working together. 
They're following the science. They're respecting the diversity across their nations. But there are a lot of similarities as well as differences across these countries. And what is at stake if this type of initiative that the Ocean Panel is pushing forward doesn't happen, doesn't succeed? The current state of the ocean is grim. The ocean is massively affected by climate change. It's depleted, it's disrupted, it's polluted, it's less predictable, and it simply cannot continue to provide what people need. It's at a breaking point, which is why this is so timely that the ocean panel members have come together and have committed to not only fix the problems that are challenging the ocean, not that that is easy, but do so in a way that flips the script and puts the ocean at the center of solutions to big global problems, including climate change, food security, loss of biodiversity. They are seeing an opportunity for the ocean that is unparalleled. In healing the ocean, we can heal ourselves. They are viewing the ocean with sustainability and people and economic prosperity going hand in hand. And that's very, very exciting. Jane Lubchenko, co-chair of the Ocean Panel Expert Group, laying out what the 14 serving national leaders have committed to and why. If you look back at previous episodes of WI's Big Ideas Into Action podcast, you'll find a recent episode exploring the key research underpinning the panel's work, and also a longer interview with Jane Lubchenko, or go to the Ocean Panel website, that's oceanpanel.org, for much more. If you go to the podcast bit of WI.org, you'll also find episodes of Big Ideas Into Action on the environmental implications of a Joe Biden presidency, restoration in Rwanda, how to solve water-based conflict, helping communities combat pollution, road safety and energy access. I'm Nicholas Walton. Goodbye for now. <laughs>